Hey everybody, it's Donnie Salvo. Um, I just wanted to say on February 16, 2013, I got a phone call, and it's one of those phone calls you hate to get. Um, my friend and my co-host on Reality Wasted and fellow comedian Gregory B. Dubno uh, passed away at the age of 44 of an apparent heart attack. Um, Greg was my friend, but he was a lot of other things, too. He was a screenwriter, a filmmaker, stand-up comedian, and he was a podcaster, like a lot of you out there that are listening to this now. Greg taught me a lot about podcasting, about editing. He's a much better better editor as you'll see from listening to this than I ever was but more importantly than being a screenwriter a comedian a podcaster a director, an actor a musician Greg uh, more importantly was our friend he was a son he was a brother and he was a boyfriend to a wonderful girl that he loved very very much um if you Greg was also an animal lover and um you know if you guys feel like making a donation in his name you can make it to our companions animal rescue P.O. Box uh, 956 Manchester, Connecticut 06045 and uh, yeah Greg was an animal lover and uh, he was a vegetarian and I remember uh, one year he had an Oscar party and my wife and I went and I was eating weenies in a blanket and I kept asking him these aren't real are they? And he goes, why? What makes you think I just serve vegetarian food? <laughs> so I'm eating these things, and they were good. And at the end, he goes, yeah, those are those were tofu. And I was like, son of a... Always trying to trick me with the veggie food. Anyway, he... Um, so when we hear, heard this news, uh, the other co-hosts of Reality Wasted over the year and two years that we did the show decided that we would get together and record one last reality wasted podcast but we're not going to talk about pop culture we're not going to talk about movie news and we're going to talk about Gregory B. Dubno because he was our friend and we're going to celebrate his life because I think that's what Greg would have wanted <laughs> so we're going to tell you stories about Greg like this one I'm going to tell you now because I forgot to tell it during the recording was he came to one of my birthday parties uh, we went to a restaurant and then to a, a bar afterwards and my buddy Joe was there and he and Greg are talking all night and talking and talking and everybody that's around Greg is calling Greg by his name <laughs> but for some reason my friend Joe had it in his head that Greg's name was Steve and later when we were at the bar, Greg comes up to me and he goes, Dude, what's up with your friend? 
And I said, what are you talking about? I said, Joe? And he goes, yeah. I said, he's a good guy. Why? What's up? He goes, all night he's calling me Steve. And they said, oh, uh, all right. Do you want me to go talk to him about it? And he goes, <laughs> Greg goes, no, I think it's freaking hysterical. <laughs> and we never told him that Greg, uh, Greg's name wasn't Steve all the way uh all the way up to like a month later at a fourth of july party and we let him call greg steve halfway through the fourth of july party when we finally let him in on it we, <laughs> it was just kind of funny but that's the kind of sense of humor he he had you know he, he just thought it was so funny that but um so what you're gonna hear is uh me and uh dave sheehan um Rob uh Robot Shlomo Gallo and Jake Bentley and we're all going to trade little Greg stories and um you know just as a little tribute to our friend and um if you're a f- f- fan of the podcast that we used to do or Greg's music or stand-up comedy or whatever, or you just met him and thought he was a cool guy, I I implore you, I mean, even if you didn't know him, I implore you to listen because, you know, a lot of, a lot of people come and go in this life, and this is just stories of one man, and it's real, you know, and it's real life. But uh, before we get started, I just wanted to thank everybody at uh, the Taylor Network, uh, the Podcasting Network, and also um, everyone at the PKD Black Box Podcast and HHWLOD um, for putting this up for us. Because uh, Sean Pryor from the Black Box talked to Greg a few times through Skype. And he was saddened from the news and wanted to know what he could do to help. Daryl Taylor met him at a couple of the comic, uh, New York Comic Cons that Greg and I went to together. Um, and same thing, wanted to know what he could do to help. And because the reality wasted feed has been gone for so long, they're giving us an outlet to put this together. And um, all of us appreciate it. Um, but it wouldn't be a reality wasted episode without Greg introing us because he used to do it every week and his Don Pardo impersonation so Greg one last time buddy let everybody know who's on the show am I on the internet oh they have the internet on computers now I feel happy (laughs) stand by to receive our transmission let's start off with a joke I got one. We gotta spread this stuff around. Let's put it on the internet. Are you ready to rock? Cause here we go.
live from Studio Dubno in ironic Hamden, Connecticut. It's Reality Who Wasted, the podcast that's like rain on your wedding day, starring Donnie Salvo. I'm Donnie Salvo, and I am a secret Avenger. Dave Sheen. I can't remember how the rest of it goes, but your mother's a whore. And Gregory B. Dubno. Maybe it's in, like, my favorite James McAvoy film, Wanted. Maybe you need to curve the bullet. Uh, Yeah, as you heard in the beginning here, uh, we did lose Greg, Gregory Dubno, very suddenly to a heart attack. Um, But we're here today to talk about his life, things that he did to celebrate his life, you know, and so we got the Reality Wasted crew together one last time to talk about Greg and uh, and everything. And with me here is Dave Sheehan, of course, uh, Rob Robot Shlomo Gallo behind me here, not that you guys can see, and Jake Bentley <coughs> all the way from over there. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about... Uh, our buddy Greg. So I don't know. Let's get started. Let's just do it. Let's just talk. Let's just right. let's just get into it. And uh, so, Dave, how did you first meet Greg? The first time I met Greg was at a stand-up comedy show, not far from the home office here. Um, it was, I believe, it was early 2005, and I remember that he had uh, just graduated from the same stand-up comedy class that I had taken a few years earlier. We had the same instructor, um, and I remember him saying that the class he was in, everyone got along so well, and the instructor had such a good time, she ended up deciding, even though she liked teaching, not to do the class anymore, but to, that the, her new students actually inspired her to go back on the like touring and start, start doing that again. Um, the school is out of, it was a performing arts school that they're, they're not around anymore, but, um, we had taken the same class, and it was at uh, Martini's, a very small, also not around anymore bar. Yeah, Martini's was actually, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it was a uh, a bar that uh, a, a friend of ours owned, and he let us comedians pretty much do whatever he wanted. He had this real small room in the back, and we could go there at any time and put on a show at any weekend. And uh, that was dramatic. And uh, was that the owner? And anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. I thought my phone was off. Um, so we used to be able to go down there like any weekend we wanted, throw on a, sh- a show, and practice new stuff and all that stuff. So a lot of comics from Connecticut used to come down to that bar. Yeah, it was. You could have what was along the lines of open mic nights anywhere right. to you know. They'd get some pretty big names in there, people who are like, on tour nationally now. So we had a pretty wide range of shows. Uh, had a lot of good ones there, and I remember that was the first show I did with Greg. He kind of struck me right off the bat as somebody who I could tell he enjoyed what he did. He was good. I could see the talent right away. Um, he had me laughing that night and many times since. Yeah. Well, I actually, same thing, along the same lines. I actually met Greg in the same place. We were uh, at Martini's. And um, I was tell you, he was quiet. He was sitting in the back, <clears throat> and he was talking, talking to him a little bit. 
and then uh, they called his name and he went on stage and I just remember he was like a, a firecracker man like he he used to fit 12 minutes of material in 6 minutes like he would just I mean like serious like Robin he, Williams syndrome he, yeah, he would just I mean like fire fire him off fire him off and uh, the promoter at the time I looked at him I said I said where where the hell did you find this guy? I mean, like, he was just going nuts. And he was just this little, he was this quiet guy with blonde hair and these Buddy Holly glasses and his little sport jacket sitting in the back. And they called his name, and it was like, holy crap, he just took off, man. And it, it was. It was exactly Robin Williams. <laughs> I mean, he was just, oh, my God. I mean, that's the first time I met him. And, um, you know, uh, over the years, we got to really know each other and uh you know i found out he really loved pop culture i mean from television to movies to music uh to comic books i mean you name it you know so rob how did you uh how did you uh meet i met greg. um i think i met greg through uh you guys you were um you were, you were already doing reality wasted and um i think dave you went gone out west one week and you were discover the undiscovered country. Yes. Go west, Dave Sheehan. <laughs> Dave was exploring the Louisiana Purchase uh, about 150 years too late. Why don't bring I us back a snowblade? <laughs> Why don't I remember this? This sounds monumental. This story sounds like it needs a time machine. <laughs> I say that, Dave Sheehan. <laughs> Dave Sheehan was out west, taming the wilderness. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, I had. Um, Actually, you guys were doing the podcast already, and um, Dave actually floated. I, somebody floated the suggestion, "Why don't you, you know, go and sit in for a week?" And while Dave was out, and um, so they, I don't know if it was you, Donnie, or or Jake that set it up, or somebody, but uh, that's how I met him. Went down to Greg's place in Hamden, and uh, you know, and Greg immediately struck me as a guy, you know, very kind of. I wouldn't say he came across initially as kind of being very, I wouldn't say sedate, but very sort of um, mellow. Not mellow, but um, even keeled. I don't know. <laughs> but but when the mic when the mic turned on, it was like he was he flipped the switch and he was on. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And it was just like it seemed like something he could turn on and off right away. You know, moments those and. Um, thing that always struck me about Greg is that he had the way of taking just the, the smallest little nugget and turning it into a bit. Yeah, he had so, a very strong passion that, yeah. that came out a lot in his act and in his you know, broadcasts and in life. Yeah. yeah. Man. Very knowledgeable guy. He was a big fan of Monty Python like I was and like still am and big fan of comic books and stuff like that too. So that's how I met him. How about you, Jake? Uh, let's see. When I met Greg, I actually met Greg uh, the same time I met uh, Donnie and Dave. Um, I was back when I was a fat 21-year-old virgin. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I, I think there's and a movie. And meeting us changed everything. <laughs> everything. This sounds like a um, Judd Apatow movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, ideas might be listening. But I, yeah, right. Um, if if Judd Apatow is listening, I do still want to play Thor. So what that is somehow. <laughs> All right. So um, you know, I, I went on I went on this uh, this bus tour in New York City with with everyone there, and um, you know it was it was a good tour. And actually, you know, Donnie, you, Dave, and and Greg were uh, 
you know, were the comedians who, who really stood out to me, and, and that was, you know, right on the verge of me starting to get into stand-up comedy, and, and um, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm actually forever going to be grateful, um, you know, for Greg for is, um, you know, in, in stand-up comedy, um, comedians are, they can be pretty big DJ Graysons. At, at times, and uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and um, you know, like you get off the stage a lot of times, and and the first thing a lot of you know veteran comics like to do is is come over and pick you apart and just tell you how you know, uh, you know, they come over saying, "Hey, can I give you some advice?" And basically, they rip you apart and tell you you should go home and you're not funny. Um, <laughs> but but one of the things that I think really helped my development as a comic is is Greg would always do the opposite. You know, Greg would always come up to me and tell me how how funny my material was and how how great the stuff I wrote was. And and that's something you know that's something I'm definitely always um, going to remember and and something I'm very grateful for and something I wish I got to tell him. You know, before before this happened. Um, but that was the first time I met. Uh, I met Greg, and, and, you know, the three of you guys really kind of set me up on my stand-up journey, <laughs> so to speak. We're sorry. Yeah, and, uh, I'll forgive you. But I remember, like, uh, you know, Greg didn't just do stand-up. He, almost, he, he also promoted, too. Like, he used to run this room uh, in North Haven, Connecticut, uh, the Hard Hat Cafe. And I remember he started off, it was like the end of end of summer i think is when he first got it maybe and they used to have like this uh like this whole open area in the back of the bar with a tent and a stage and stuff and i'll tell you he never ever told a comedian he couldn't perform you know if a comic showed up there the first thing he would say to him was like look i got a lot of people on this show I could give you five minutes. You want to go up there for five minutes? Go up there. Go up there. And, uh, I mean, to the point where I remember there was one show outside, and it was, I think, 16 comedians. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I mean, it was just like a 20, marathon. one or two of them. And, uh, but, you know, and another thing he also did, which was unheard of, he took the money that he got for that show, and he would divide that money up 17, 18 different I mean you might w- walk away with two dollars and fifty cents but I mean I've never seen a promoter do that before you know like they would pay the bigger names and just shut up and keep the rest of the money in their pocket you know but the one time I remember uh, they, they started becoming popular but then the winter set in and uh, so the, the back room of this bar was tiny I mean it was small and uh there was a lot of people showing up for this show. So the owner's like, I don't know what to do. We can't turn him away. So Greg runs to his house. He gets his video camera. He sets it up in, in a table in the center of the place. And he runs wires to the TV sets outside in the bar. So it was like a closed circuit, right? I remember that. Now, <laughs> this show... Had twenty one people on it, dude. <laughs> twenty one comedians. It was like the bar area was where all the comics were, and the audience was, and it was hysterical. And Greg was there all day, and people were buying him drinks and buying him drinks and buying him drinks. So by the time this show was halfway over, Greg was bacala, dude. <laughs> he he was gone. He was Italian salty fish. He was, <laughs> he was a Greek dessert. He was. 
All right, I don't want to go anywhere with those two comments. I just want to finish my story. And uh, I just remember he actually started doing... Like, in between comics, he would do little bits, like a minute maybe, you know what I mean? But after a while, he, he was so drunk, he kept doing the same bit. <laughs> <laughs> and it just started out with, a part Russian, a part Russian, part Russian. And I just, <laughs> I just remember after every comic had started going, he would start with that joke, a part Russian, a part Russian. <laughs> And oh my god, I mean, we were cracking up, and I was, it was 21 comics. I was number 19, <laughs> okay? So, everybody in the room hated comedy by the way. <laughs> Please tell me there's a tape of that somewhere. <laughs> and the comedian that went on before me was Victor Ramos, okay? And I'll never forget this, because Victor does his five minutes or whatever, and he gets off. Greg comes up, and he goes, okay, we got two more comics, okay? All right, put your hands together for a very funny guy, Mr. Victor Ramos. <laughs> <laughs> oh so I start walking, and I'm like, what? What do I do? I don't know what to do, you know? And so he, all of a sudden, Victor Ramos came back up, and he's like, thanks, Greg, thanks a lot. And he goes, now I want to introduce a very funny guy. Here's Donnie Salvo. <laughs> it's like, but I just remember him. I mean, that was just so funny. Oh, man. But he had, like... You know, I actually, when Greg stopped doing that room a couple of years later, the guy wanted to do comedy again, and, and I did that room. And, uh, you know, Greg warned me. He goes, he's not, he's easy to work for in the beginning, but he's not towards, you know what I mean? So I was like, ah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, I'll be honest with you, if I ran that room and it was that crowded, and he's like, what are we going to do? We still have to charge people to get in here, blah, blah, blah. I would have never thought to go get a video camera and run, you know. I mean, it's just how he was. It was the quick thinking on his feet. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> there's, there's a, another story uh, I got where it was me and Greg, and I think it might have been Garb. Was it you, Jake? Or Garb opened when? for Bernadette Pauly at the Stonebridge Cafe in Milford, Connecticut. I don't think that was me. Now, it might have been Garb. Now, okay, so I host it. And I couldn't buy a laugh. I could not buy a laugh to save my life. They just looked at me like I was from another planet. So then I introduced Garb, and Garb goes up there, and he does his bit, and he couldn't get a laugh. Could not. I mean, I swear to God, it was like these people didn't even show up for a comedy show. I was like, what the hell? So then Greg shows up, and he does his whole bit, couldn't get a laugh so so now we're thinking all right you know what it's not us it's it's the audience it's the audience so i introduced Bern bernadette Pauly. she goes up on stage she says one thing dude and the place erupts in laughter and i was just like son of a bee how did this happen you, you know it's just i don't know it's just a weird story with greg do you guys have any uh uh i i remember like just some of the awful, awful open mics we would go do together, <laughs> you know, and just just listening to, you know, um, just listening to like we did one that was run by like a Roseanne Barr impersonator, which right I, at the beginning tells you this was a winner. I've done that room myself. <laughs> Bridgeport, the green room. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Did that. I did that twice. And just, I did it when she ran the the. Uh, one down on the beach in Stratford. I, 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 I did that once. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think I knew Greg yet. Um, yeah, and just uh, just sitting there, and, and we were just ripping apart, you know, um, 
this these people who have been doing comedy for like two weeks and then they're going on and on about how hard comedy is and you know <laughs> what, what, how rough of a life it is to be going place to place. Two and weeks. Like, yeah, I've been in this business two weeks. Where's my sitcom deal? Yeah, seriously, I've been here for a fortnight, guys. <laughs> It's hard out here for a novice. Who's DJ Grayson? Do I got a suck around? <laughs> There's no trailers at these open mics. Who's <laughs> the makeup guy? What door am I going to slam when I'm upset if there's no trailers at these open mics? Uh, oh. Craft Services. These pretzels are subpar. Yeah, I just I just I I loved going to to those shows with him. There was another one we did at. I forget the name. I think you performed there, Dave, too. I think it was the Chunky Monkey or something like that. Place run by lesbians. There was no microphone. It was just all... Yeah, that all... was symbolic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything remotely looking like one, they would get rid of, right? Completely offended by no me. No stem glasses. There is no phallic symbols at all in this. <laughs> tap, no tap handles, either? So how... Uh... So he, I can imagine he was you know, about you and Greg. Oh yeah, yeah. They, the the women there, the women, because that's all that was there in the audience. It was like a Lilith Fair concert. That's awesome. And we can just go and hold a Georgia O'Keeffe painting up for a half hour. And I love you. Yeah. So you know, we go in there like it's friggin' VH1 acoustic set. You know, no microphones, no no anything and and they were just offended at everything you know <laughs> me and greg said um i actually i think that was like pat oates first show too so you can imagine yeah, how that. Was at the, no. yeah oh yeah 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 you were there too and then you know some woman came up and started doing jokes about tampons the size of her head not funny at all but the room explodes in laughter it's not funny to you because you have a phallic symbol <laughs> <laughs> and your head's bigger than a tampon anyway she completely screwed the joke up too, and they laughed at it. So you know, just uh, I just I just have awesome memories of just going to horrible, horrible, horrible stand-up shows with Greg. Yeah, was Greg on that show with me with the at the green room? I I don't remember. I don't think so because there was such a low turnout. I remember Jake and you and I went to one, and there were only like th two or three other people. There was only, there was actually a second one we did. I, yeah, I, I made they the... they had that for a couple of months. Yeah, there's another one of um, not Roseanne's rooms. <laughs> I have a story that's... <laughs> Not Roseanne's rooms. Well, as she shall now be known for the rest of this broadcast. <laughs> I don't know her name. I'm sure she's very nice. <laughs> but she's not Roseanne. Um, yeah! A show that... I remember a show that seemed like it was going to go that way and then just turned around. Um, I, Donnie and Jake, but I don't think Rob was there. This was about five years ago. Greg had gotten a booking at a hall uh, in Connecticut... Oh. Um, right. We didn't really know exactly what to expect, but we came to find out that the hall was sort of split across several people's backyards. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That was, yes. that was you horrid. Had to drive between two houses that were as close together as the houses in the Brooklyn Projects. This very narrow roadway that went, went back there. The room itself. Like as a lodge goes, it was kind of small, but you know, it was small, and there was all these dead animals' heads all over the place. So yeah, it's like, what the it hell like is going on? Taxidermy Central. There's a few tables set up. There were maybe ten people there who would, I think, who that was with the, uh, that was when Rick Shapiro came. Yeah. Yes, from yeah. Rick was uh, coming in from New York to headline. He was running very late, which never happens with Rick Shapiro <laughs> if you've ever worked with him. Um, so we were waiting on him and. 
again, hardly anyone was there. The bartender, we weren't even sure if he was alive. There was <laughs> one guy at the bar drinking $1.50 non-beers. And we're just looking around thinking, this is going to be another bad memory kind of show that we you know it's a fun memory but it was a bad night yeah a few other people showed up um maybe five more so we had like an audience of about 15 or 20 um in addition to ourselves and you know spouses guests of anyone we might have brought and we were debating probably for like a half an hour should we cancel this should we cancel this i was like rick is still coming you know he's gonna want to get paid he's gonna want to perform and get paid so it's like yeah let's just do this but of course, Rick always needs a driver because he didn't drive. So he had like two other people in his car that he probably that he promised stage time to. Yep. As, so it wound up being a, fi- a four or five comedian show to nine or eight, or eight. He brought three people with him, I think. It was two or three. Yeah. Because <coughs> I been three. I wound up not doing the show because I was gonna. I gave my time to one of the guys because I guess the kid who brought, brought Rick got mad when he thought that he wasn't going to okay. get any time so i just said i said look man i said i'm not really feeling this small crowd anyway <laughs> and i don't feel like performing in front of a bunch of moose heads so why don't you why don't he you? means literal moose heads, not <laughs> canadians for our for our fans up north so i, I mean it was true man it, um so they went on they did their thing but it really was a fun it show really it wound up being a fun a show time one of rick's guys hosted mm-hmm. i don't think greg went up um, Jake went up. Yeah. I went up. I think one, Rick's other person did. I remember, yep. like and we were Rick. right next to this pool table, this huge pool table, <laughs> like from the 1800s. The balls were numbered like one to W. <laughs> yes. And then Rick went on, and Rick killed as he often does, and <laughs> yelled at the TV because Gary Goldman came on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It wasn't there. I would have remembered the Mooseheads definitely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we did a lot of stand-up shows with Greg. We did, jeez, uh, well, well, the one that we met you, Jake, at was what, the Laugh Lounge? Was that the Laugh yeah, Lounge the Laugh with Lounge the bus in trip? New York, yeah. yeah. That was in the bus. village, right, or something? Is that East outside? East Village. East think. Village? Southern, southern end of the island, I think it was on the eastern side. Oh, my God, that was such a fun day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly. That really was a fun honestly, day. Honestly, that was, that was um, I think, my first stand-up show you actually gave me, Donnie. It was like a week later. Um, yeah. It was a hard hat. Yeah, it was. It was at the hard hat. It was in the same room that that Greg rigged and up those uh, televisions. <laughs> I just, I just remember sitting there, and and like I said, the three of you were the ones who stood out to me in that group, and man, you guys just wet my appetite for it. Like I wanted nothing more to get up on that <laughs> stage and just, you know, I didn't even have any real jokes at that point. You had the Jif joke. Yeah, I had my joke about Jif peanut butter. <laughs> I did the hard hat a couple times. The thing I remember, Don, you actually set up a show for me at the hard hat one time. I remember that's how I kind of got the name Shlomo. Because I was debating whether or not you used that well, as that a stage name. Well, that was the name you always used to well, I remember, joke, I remember so <clears throat> the first time I saw you, I think, was at one of uh, Greg's shows at the hard hat with the 3,000 comedians there. Yeah. Might have been. Might yep. have been, yeah. I, I remember I was because... At, I was at one you did there. I don't know if that was your first since trying it like 20 years ago. Oh, God. Did. Because yeah. it, like... Um, my wife and I went with uh, Johnny Benson, who's a comedian slash promoter here in Connecticut, and um, we just showed up. and Greg was like, "Oh, you're here?" And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Get up on stage, do five minutes." And I was like, "You know, I was, 
I still am the type of comic that I have to have a booking, figure out what yeah, I'm going to say. Right. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a jump on stage kind of comic, not which Jake Bentley. which is why I'll never be successful in this business. <laughs> yeah, but Jake does that at like Coles. So. <laughs> <laughs> but. But Greg, what? I mean, he said, get up there and do it. And you know what? I did do it. I got out of my comfort zone. I actually had a good set. And when I came off stage, like, who was sitting in the audience? It's Lisa Lampanelli and her boyfriend. And I was like, what the hell is, what happened? And, you know, it was just, it was weird, man. Like, you know, Greg, Greg did open. He opened for Lisa. I don't even know why the hell she was at that show, to tell you the truth. She didn't perform. She just showed up with her boyfriend. They had food. That was it. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's you burned food, martini. Lisa Lampanelli. <laughs> But, uh, uh, I do. Uh, I do remember one of uh, one of the more amusing times I, I I had with Greg. Is Greg used to? Uh, I I referenced this in a in a Facebook post. Uh, you know when when I found out Greg passed. But um, you know he uh, he had a joke about vitamins. Um, he was doing it for probably about six months to a year about how you know when they named vitamins, you know they just they got you know they over prepared and started naming them you know b1 b2 b3 you know <laughs> instead of just going through the and then they realized once they got to like e they would run out <laughs> then they skipped oh, let's go to k you know it was a great joke um but i i uh i had someone um one of one of my coworkers for for my birthday she got me a dimitri martin cd oh um, i don't know what the hell i did to her but <laughs> to get me back she got me a dimitri martin cd for for my birthday and so i figured i'd give it a chance because it was a gift and you know just to tell her like yeah you don't suck and your massive amount of self-hatred yeah <laughs> so i'm listening to this and um and dimitri martin pulls out greg's joke verbatim Whoa! Yeah, like the exact same punchlines, the exact same delivery. I'm not going to accuse Dimitri Martin of stealing, you know, um, Greg's material, but I but, do know for a fact Greg never listened to Dimitri. It's yes, true. it's a coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, so I just, I just remember, um, I remember like showing that to Greg. I mean, like Greg, Dimitri Martin stole your joke, even though I just said like 30 seconds ago I wasn't going to accuse him of it. I am now, <laughs> Dimitri Martin. You're a dirty rotten thief. <laughs> But I just, I, you know, it was, I, I've never seen Greg more mad. <laughs> just the way he was flipping out. And, uh, yeah, Dave made a reference, actually, to it, my previous stand-up career. Yeah, previous. But, um, actually, I did a show years, this, we're going back to 1993, at the old Tune In uh, Cafe down in uh, downtown New Haven. It used to be on Center Street, no yeah, longer there. I used to work there. Yeah. Was it a drive-in movie theater? <laughs> no, it was a hardcore punk bar. They had an open. They had a. They had an open mic night. And I had to actually open for interpretive dance. <laughs> <laughs> I, that I take it back, Rob. You hate yourself more than Jake could ever. I had no idea. I had no idea interpretive dance was going to be on next to me. I had to go on. Please, for, please tell me that's just a horrible stage name for a comedian. Interpretive dance. <laughs> What's the deal with ballet shoes? What? 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 Barishnikov. How did that happen? Did that have anything to do with Gregor? That was. Well, just, I told Greg that, that story a, years ago. Was that goes, an acid flashback? But, <laughs> I had told Greg was actually asking me about what was my first stand-up gig, and I told him that, and he said, "Dude, never go on for an arts night open mic thing. Never." Yeah. 
Mike, like, that just can only turn out bad. And he was telling me a similar story about that, about how he had to go on at some poetry reading and he, the crowd started to get ticked off that he wasn't rhyming or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Will Smith. Oh. But it was like, Poetry because I had to go on from a he's like I had to go on in front of a poetry crowd and I just got really angry that it wasn't deep and introspective enough. I you know, like, I I can't see someone being like, you know what, I want to go to a show today. I can't decide between <laughs> dance and comedy. If only there was some historic meld of the two. Yeah, talk it over. These jokes aren't gonna be funny for a while. I remember uh like uh, you're speaking of open mics, man. Greg used to like to go to the Joker's Wild Comedy Club in New Haven when they opened that up and do the open mic there, and uh, that was pretty horrific. <laughs> that it was, was. Yeah. is it more even more so? <laughs> That's a car crash on a weekly basis because <laughs> it was basically like kids who just came off the street and they're like, "I got jokes," and they go up on stage and they don't have jokes. And you basically are performing for other comedians. There's n- there was no audience there whatsoever. Well, but he, yeah. he used to work it though every week, man. Oh, yeah. He used to go down there and try out new stuff every week. You get and, the after softball crowd down there. They just want to drink and yeah, not pay attention to exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. But um, back to um, what you said about not, who not to open for. I remember another story over. I wasn't at this, but he said probably the biggest type of performer a comedian should never open for is a stripper. Oh, that's the like worst. I remember this story. Yes. He and a couple of other comedians went on to do 30 minutes of comedy while a bunch of <laughs> drunk guys were waiting to see strippers. Your thoughts on politics are equal to that of titties. <laughs> yeah, no, that can't work out. Yes, that is just, you might as well just not even go. Yeah, that's a toss-up between that and the he could have He could have put his glasses on a broomstick at that point and just set it right in front of a microphone for 20 minutes, came back and got <laughs> I'm just going to sit up here and read the Canterbury Tales for a few minutes. <laughs> like, Who wants to see women? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because that's true. I remember uh, a friend of mine, he was getting married, and he asked me to do his stag. And he said, yeah, after you, there'll be strippers. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I said, I'll break your stones for a little bit or whatever, but I'm not going to do it like a spot. No, because all those guys want to do is see boobies. They don't want to see as big as mine are. They don't want to see those. (laughs) They're hard to top. (laughs) Not yours. Oh, oh, okay. Yours are less hairy than most. (laughs) First, I thought I was getting... Who do you go to? Pose Armenia? (laughs) First, I thought Dave was giving me a compliment. Like, no, your boobs aren't so bad, John. Well, they're not. Have some confidence. Anyway, you can pull off that tube top look. Anyway, (laughs) but, uh, you know, after uh, about doing three years of comedy uh, with Greg, he, you know, he was... He was in the crowd for a little while, and then he, he was gone for a little while, and he was doing comedy other places, and then all of a sudden he showed back up again. And and the one thing that, uh, you know, like with Greg was, I could not have seen him for like six months, and as soon as I saw him, we picked up like nothing ever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I just saw him yesterday. And uh, we did a couple of shows together like right in a row, and it was right around the time where my wife introduced me to podcasts. I didn't know what they were. I had no idea. And then I found out there's a podcast for everything. <laughs> and, I mean, things you wouldn't even think of. There's a podcast out there for it, I guarantee you. And Falafel? 
Sure, I bet you. I bet you if you go on iTunes right now, they'll be like, Falafel World with your host, Surge. <laughs> Interpretive dance. <laughs> I guarantee it. With an opening by Robot Shlomo. <laughs> so, you know, I was talking I was talking to Greg because, you know, like, uh, he and I did have a lot of the same interests. I mean, at this point, I didn't know he was in the comics. I mean, I'm a huge comic nerd. Everybody knows that about me. But, like... Uh, you know, he he. We love the same kind of movies for the most part. Same kind of TV for the most part. We're always following TV and movie news, and we were just like, we should we should do a podcast about this. And uh, he goes, well, you know what? We could do it at my house because I have all the equipment right at my house to do it. And I was like, no way. So I said, well, who else should we get? And then that's where we brought. We, we wanted the voice of the youth. <laughs> so we brought in Jake Bentley. <laughs> and uh, we had a meeting at the uh, at the diner in North Haven, the three of us. Remember that? Yeah, I do. And we yeah. went through like all the stuff we wanted to talk about. And then we were like, you know what? It's still not complete. <laughs> we need a fourth. There wasn't three Beatles. There were five. There were <laughs> <laughs> if you, you know, Stuart, then, then Stuart met an untimely end. There wasn't, there wasn't uh, four, three Beatles. Step on my joke. And, uh, there wasn't three members of ninety degrees. <laughs> That's right. We needed our Nick Lachey. And where did we turn but to the one and only Dave Sheehan? And so we actually started uh, meeting at Greg's house every Sunday at noon. Remember that? Yes. With a week's worth of. Uh, uh, research some of us anyway and uh <laughs> some of Why us are you looking at me some of us woke up and took their dad's car and showed up <laughs> that one's not me and uh but anyway um you know we uh we started let me tell you man he he came at this thing full force i mean he had he wanted to turn this into comedy shows he wanted to turn this into uh trying to put something together for Sirius or XM. He wanted to, I mean, like, he, he, as he does everything, as he did everything in his life, I mean, it's the expression is balls to the wall. I mean, like, he didn't do anything half-assed. I mean, like, Greg loved music. He learned how to play instruments and write music. Greg loved comedy. He went and learned how to do comedy, you know? Yeah. He loved to act. He he went to learn how to act. He loved to direct things, screenwrite. Everything he loved to do, he went. And, I mean, he did it. I mean, how many people sit there in their life and say, man, I wish I did, blah, blah, blah. But they never do it. They just keep going with their the, the way the same old daily routines, and they, they wind up, you know, with regrets. Where Greg didn't do that, man. He just went right to it. So, Eyes on the stars all the time. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, like, when we when we started doing this, uh, he was like, don't worry about everything. I got all the equipment. I'll edit it. I'll do the. I mean, he did everything. Yeah. He did everything. He did the intros, the outros. Uh, the only thing we really, uh, he did all the editing. Um, a lot of our jokes were, were improv due to, to news stories and things like that. But, I mean, all the beginnings, I mean, nine out of ten times he would really have... Uh, you know the podcast that nine out of ten times he would always have something written down. Yeah. You know, and uh, he'd add sound clips. 
yep. throughout or, or censor when one of us couldn't hold it in. Sorry. Which was usually him, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's probably the most passionate. Yeah. 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 He really was. And, uh, I mean, I couldn't even tell you at the beginning <clears throat> of starting Reality Wasted, he and I would spend at least an hour on the phone almost every day before we'd start recording the following week. So we were already like going through stories. We recorded on Sunday. He would release it on Tuesday or Wednesday. And that that Monday in between the releases, we were already on the phone for an hour or two talking about the stories that we're going to do for next week and blah, 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 blah. I mean, you know, and uh, he, uh, I mean, Greg, Greg and I got along great. But, uh, I mean, it wasn't always a bed of roses. Greg and I <laughs> fought, and it was, um, you know, you you put two creative, strong-willed people in a room, and when their ideas don't mesh, you're going to fight for your ideas. You know what I mean? And and I remember... <laughs> I'm pretty sure you still have the world record for sucking down a cigarette in like two seconds. <laughs> I remember, this is when Mike Garb joined, Jake had moved... We'll get to that part, but this one story I couldn't let go. Greg and I were in the front there, and we were recording, and Mike Garb and Dave were in the back. And I could not even tell you to this day what that argument was about. But we just snapped on each other. I mean, both of us were just... I mean, we were next to each other, and you would think we were in different counties. That's how loud we were yelling at each other. And, I mean, we're dropping bomb, F-bombs and this, that, and the other thing. And it was like, rah, rah, and I was going to leave. And I was so mad that I wouldn't leave because I didn't want to give him the satisfaction I was leaving. <laughs> so I went outside, like Jake said, and I sucked down a cigarette, like, I mean, like, in seconds. I mean, I was just, it was, you ever heard of anger sex? I was anger smoking. It was just like, <laughs> and, you know, and, and I came back in, and I went upstairs. I sat down next to Greg at, at the comp, the computer. And I just looked at him, and he looked at me, and he goes, you ready to go? And I went, yeah. And then we hit record, <laughs> and it was like nothing even happened. But the whole time, Dave and Mike, who do not like confrontation at all, were just staring at the floor. <laughs> well, while the two of you were gone, Mike and I were each giving each other the biggest WTF look you seen in each other's faces, wondering what to do. But I mean, like you know, it's and and there there has been fights like that that were just on the phone. You know what I mean? Like that you guys weren't privy to. But the one thing, as as much as we laughed and as as much as we even fought with each other, the one thing that you know, even in anger, we we never had any kind of disrespect for each other. And as as fast as we got pissed, it was as fast as it was squashed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, it but it was there was a lot of things behind reality wasted and and. Um, so we were behind the music should be out sometime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, after on VH 173 after a heated confrontation, Donnie Salvo went outside to have a smoke. <laughs> Came back in and everything was fine. <laughs> but uh, or was it? <laughs> so Jake, um, when you left, you moved to California. California. And where'd you go? Was it San... San Diego. San Diego. You went there straight away? Or did you go to your... I, I was in... Yeah, I was in L.A. For, for a few weeks, for about a month first, and then I went to San Diego. Okay. And did you go there just to move, or did you go there 
because you had met your wife already. Um, I don't remember this story. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, it was a little bit of both. Um, you know, like my my wife was in in the military. We weren't married at the time, but she was out there and. And, you know, I, I figured, hey, like, why don't I give stand-up comedy and acting and all that a shot out there? Two birds with one stone type of deal. Um, so that's why I went out there. Okay. So I remember for a while, um, it was just the three of us. Donnie, Donnie Greg, and Nick Lachey, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was me, Greg, and Dave Sheehan. And uh, we were missing the fourth, that young voice. So we got Mike Garb. <laughs> And uh, Mike Garb, who wanted to be here today, he just couldn't. Um, he uh, he was with us for a while. We knew he was really into video games, which is another thing we forgot to mention. Greg loved video games. Oh, yeah. He was huge into video games. And um, so, like, there was points during our recordings where, like, they would go into video game news, and Dave and I would just we would just stare at the ceiling, like, because we had no idea what was going on. Not a big video game guy. But, I'd usually uh, bring a novel or something. <laughs> but uh, so Garb did it for a little while, and then he couldn't do it anymore. And then uh, we were accepting applications, <laughs> and uh, the only guy who showed up was uh, was Rob. So we gave Rob the job. Now, actually, you found me. As, der- you found I, me derelict in the street. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Rob. Voice of the youth, pushing pushing <laughs> a, a shopping cart. Rob, uh, Rob, the second it? oldest out of all of us, was Wait. the voice of the youth. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, I was the voice of the YouTube. <laughs> I say, I say twenty-three skidoo. So you know, Rob would have to take frequent bath bathroom breaks to change his bag, and then <laughs> we would all know. But I'm just kidding. Uh, that he flow- gave us that unique vaudeville angle. Yeah. <laughs> so my fl- my flow max hadn't kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> but I re- I remember the first day, the first day, man, we showed up to to record at Greg's. And uh, we went upstairs, and we were all sitting on our on our little seats. And I look over at his wall, and what did I see hanging up on his wall? Was a copy of Amazing Spider-Man number one. Yeah. And I just looked at him, and I said, "Is that real?" And he goes, "Yeah, it's real. Why? You've never seen one before?" <laughs> and I went, "In magazines? Like I've never seen one." And here, and he goes, "Yeah, it's my my uncle gave me a bunch of old comics." He said, it doesn't even have a back cover, but <clears throat> I like to display it on the... And I was like, I just had a nerdgasm. Like, I was like, oh, my God. He literally had to change his pants. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And he had, like, all these Silver Age uh, Marvel books all on his wall and stuff. And I always love the Thor and Silver Surfer one. Yep. Yeah. And, and just sitting there recording, you were, like, in this mini museum of comic books and... Books. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Music memorabilia. Yep. It really was. His it, whole... He had a big, like, Sonic Youth poster. We, yep. And his Autograph. diploma, Autograph. Think, was on the wall yep. also. His high school diploma. Greg and, had and, the, his, and his University <laughs> of Syracuse, too. His uh, degree was there. Greg had, yeah, Greg had the sign up of back when the Millie Vanilli scandal broke. Yeah, he up, did. There's that sign. Millie Vanilli refunds uh, processed here or something. Because he worked, I think he worked, he worked at, worked at, a, record at a record. Yeah, he did. He worked at a record place, and and they had to they had to actually stand in line, and 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 he had to give money back to people who bought Millie Vanilli albums <laughs> when the scandal broke. Yeah, we are really great singers. No, you're not. But uh, yeah, like like you know, there was all kinds of stuff, man, and. Uh, there was a time like that. He's like, "Yeah, I got a bunch of old comics from at my parents' house, and they're threatening to throw them out, so I'm gonna go get them." And I was just like looking through them, and like we're trying to do a show here, and I'm like, "Oh my god, look at this one! 
Oh, look at this one. Oh, oh, he did it. But pretty much like watching the guys from the Big Bang Theory. No, no, I was way better than that. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I was like Homer Simpson in a box of donuts. Is what I was like. Comics. Oh. <laughs> You're like Homer Simpson in a box of donuts if they created ones filled with beer. But I, I mean, you know, he really did. He loved this podcast, dude. He really did, and uh, it was like, you know, when uh, Connecticut got its first big comic convention, we got a table there. I still uh, have the T-shirt. Yep, yeah, yeah. Greg went and he ordered uh, a bunch of t-shirts and uh, we Can all more of those? We all if anybody had them it would have been him. I mean, I had one. I don't know. I think Shlomo has. I have one. I have the very one that I actually I went to England and I took a picture in front of Abbey Road Studios wearing my reality wasted t-shirt. <laughs> That's all you got. And in front of Big Ben, you got to post uh, those. Yeah, and, it is uh, a dirty version of Flat Stanley. <laughs> and um, yeah, he did. He had uh, was there stickers too? And uh, he yeah, had a stickers, few things, coffee uh, mugs, yeah, flyers yeah. or just many things with the logo. And then um, you know he going in like I mentioned before, he used to do those open mics at uh, Joker's Wild Comedy Club. Well, he actually, you know, after doing that and knowing the manager for a little while, and uh, I believe, I don't think, were you back or were you... Um, right before I left. It was right before you right left, before okay. Before I left, yeah. <clears throat> and he actually convinced the guy to uh, to let us do a reality-wasted comedy show where it was uh, the five of us and a, and a host, and... Uh, that was a great show. That was so much fun. That really was. I mean, the guy, uh, Pat Oates was the host. He opened the show. And uh, Jake, I think you went on first, right? I think so, yeah. And then Garb, and then uh, and then Greg, and then Dave, and then I. I remember, like, no one wanted to, no one wanted to go last. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care. Reality I life. would have gone, but no one asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> the way it was explained to me is nobody wanted to do yeah, it. I would have done it. <clears throat> so... Reality wasted live. Yeah, I was at that show. Yeah, it was it was a good was time. Good. I mean, it wasn't. It was mostly um, our family and friends that came, but uh, it was still it was a lot of fun. No pressure, you know. It was I, just going up on stage and having fun, you know. I can't remember who said it, but it might have been you, Donnie. It might have been Greg. Um, looked around at the audience. Really, these are our listeners. It's like, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, it was. You you always think that you're talking to nobody. You don't you don't you never know who's gonna who's listening. I'm pretty sure Click Click showed up. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a there's a uh, throwback throwback. Yeah. <laughs> before, before, uh, Greg told me one time that actually we did have a few listeners in Australia of all of yep of all things. Nice. Reality wasted went global. Yep for for a little while. <laughs> Until you know they listened to like two episodes. <laughs> but you know I mean. All well, good. These episodes probably won't get to Japan until like 2004. That tends to be the way with pop culture. We're just going to happen to go there one day, find out we're like mega celebrities. I'm gonna actually. I'm, I'm, that would be awesome. That was one. Of, that's one thing. I'm one place. I'm. I want to go is Japan. Oh and, no, Donny Savro. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I, I People just, wearing Jake Bentley for Thor shirts. <laughs> I want to racing. I want to see like the throngs of people holding up like. The, the 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 fans like oh robot slow oh robot slow you'd have your own you have your own like, like TV people, show people screaming for us like we were the Beatles or something it's just know? you stepping on models of <laughs> Japanese cities <laughs> <laughs> it's robot slow mo 
I'm a, no, they'll, they'll do. It's Robot Slovo. Super happy adventure time. He said it's from Godzilla. <laughs> but I have to do an interview with, with actual puppets because they, it's a weird thing. I saw Cheap Trick do an interview in Japan. They actually interviewed my puppets. So I was like, that was bizarre. <laughs> but that's that so cool at the same time. But I mean, uh, you know, like everything else, this podcast, uh, after a while, 105 episodes, was it? A little over 100, yeah. Yeah, 105 episodes. It kind of stopped being fun and started being a lot of work, you know? I mean, it was just... It didn't stagnant to the format. We were trying to look for ways to well, yeah, we were do tr- a lot of the things we had said. Right. We just never got to. We were trying to make it more of a, a comedy show. Like a morning show almost, yeah. Kind of thing, in, uh, which meant... Ten times more editing for Greg. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it just—I remember we we went to his house one time and we just tried it, and it did not work at all. I don't think we prepared enough. No, we, we really didn't realize didn't. how much prep we were gonna need. And to, uh, to, to do it that way. One of the last things I showed Greg was actually a, a sketch that I had written, the Superman sketch. Yeah. And actually, I gave him a copy. I gave all you. I gave all you. I think a copy. And one thing he actually said to me was, you know what? Don't even change it. And to me, that was like high praise that, you know, this guy, he... I, mean, I always thought Greg was more knowledgeable about screenwriting and stuff like that. Oh, sure. Was. You know, and he was. And to me, that kind of was kind of high praise. And he says, wow, this is really good. Don't change it. So usually people say, oh, you know, you know, maybe do this, maybe do that, you know, do, do this bit a little bit longer. And he's like, no, good, go with it. So, actually, one of the great shows, one of the shows I did do with you guys was uh, the best video show. I want to bring that up? Yes. The what yeah. one? Best video. Uh, video in place in Hamden. <clears throat> oh, I don't think I was in that one. I think that was you and Greg and and uh, was Garb. Mike Garb was there. Yeah, I wasn't in that one. I I actually saw pictures of that and I was like, where the hell was this? It was at a video store, right? Go ahead, tell yeah. them. The few remaining. Yeah best video but I was I was just really glad Greg asked me to do it because then all my video store jokes finally worked <laughs> <laughs> all one and a half of them. I've been shelving those things since 87 and finally I was able to use <laughs> people in bars and coffee shops just don't understand <laughs> you young kids don't understand when we wanted to see a dirty movie we had to leave the house <laughs> go to that back room oh god the, the room of shame. That is true, man. Greg would find stand-up anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. I mean, we've done coffee houses. I mean, coffee houses. You did a freaking show at a video store. I mean, yeah. dive bars. Freaking, oh, co- you know. Gun clubs. Gun clubs. <laughs> gun clubs. <laughs> um, but uh, The one with the moose heads all over the place. That was a I gun mean, club? Greg was kind of like, he was like the Metallica of stand-up. If you had electricity and I could plug my microphone in, I will work for you. I will be there. I'll do it. You know? <clears throat> yeah, he, uh... <laughs> gun clubs. Holy crap. Gun clubs. Oh, man. Taxidermy shop. Yeah. I mean, we... we jokes better be funny, boy. <laughs> I'm starting to dislike you. Uh, we did that show, too, where, um... It was a benefit show, I think. One of your... Friends, the guy who had diabetes or something was gonna lose. Oh my god! <laughs> it was a friend of a friend, and I got it was it was you. Yeah. It was you and Ben uh, Johnny Benson. It was me. It was Mike Garb. Were you there, Dave? That this doesn't sound familiar. Okay, maybe and Greg. Yeah, Greg was definitely there. And um, all these people were. It was his benefit. It was in this real shady part of this town, dude. I mean, it was shady. From what town? New Haven. 
It was in a real shady part of New Haven, Connecticut, and uh, we were at this club. Uh, and we're sitting. Were you there, Dave? Yes. Okay. Oh, you the show, that, the show that wasn't. Yes, and we the sat there, and we're waiting. We're waiting uh, to go on. And uh, we said to him, we were like, "Okay, we're here. Whenever you want us to start, we'll start." And the guy's like, "Well, they just ate. So why don't you guys go get some food and relax, and we'll do it after the raffle." And I said, yeah, you don't really want to do a comedy show after the raffle. And he goes, why? I said, because everybody leaves when they find out they haven't won anything. <laughs> they just leave. They hang out and wait to see if they win something, and then they don't, and they go home. And he goes, nah, 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 we'll be fine. So we're like, okay. And we thought it was going to be like five things they were going to raffle off. There was like 35 <laughs> items. It was like the price is right. There was like, it was like a new car. And I was like, Jesus. So by the time we get up there, nobody's listening to us. Half the I, I was going to host the thing. I get up on stage. The guy brings me up. I, I start doing a little bit of my spiel. Nobody's listening yeah, to me. Yeah, it's bad when the guy running the show takes the microphone back yes. and starts yelling at everyone for not listening. This, That's a way to get the crowd on your side. This, I was just getting, People are just talking and drinking, and so half the crowd's leaving, and I'm sitting there trying to do my spiel. This guy comes back up on the floor. He grabs the microphone and goes, Hey! Why don't you guys shut up? Just shut up and pay attention to us. These guys are donating their time to shut up. And there was like one woman in the front row like, I want a comedy show. And we were like, lady, you don't count. <laughs> That's pretty much how it was. It was like, we're not going to go up here and do this for anything, for nothing, you know. So uh, it was just funny because like everybody was at the table and the thing that was before the guy came up and started yelling at everybody, nobody was listening to me. So I was like, okay, this is the one good thing about being a host. Uh, you're supposed to get the crowd in, in into it. Uh, but sometimes it doesn't work. So sometimes you could just say, all right, they're not listening to me. So I went, your first comedian is Mike Garb. And Mike was sitting at the table and he was shaking his head. No, I am not going up there. And Greg was laughing. Everybody was laughing, man. And it was just like, come on, get up here, Mike. And he's like, no. Oh, man. And we all wound up at, at uh, back. Or we went to my back to my house, and then we went to the bar around the corner, and we stayed there for a while. That's how that comedy show went. <laughs> I wish I'd seen that one. Jeez. Do yeah. you? So I booked yeah, that. Basically, I booked everybody, every comedian and their girlfriends for a free meal, and we went home. <laughs> basically what and it wasn't that good of a meal. But I got to tell you, I mean, that's the kind of debacles that, uh, you know, doing stand-up. Hey, you never you never can have a, a shortage of eyewitnesses. It was so, like... Especially in oh, that neighborhood. Yeah. Holy moly. What a bunch of crap that was. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, when when we heard the, uh, the bad news about Greg's passing, I got on Facebook like we usually do yeah. in this society now and uh, I just got on with everybody and said hey you know you all heard what happened what should we do we should we got to do something we just couldn't just you know and uh, well this is what we decided to do do a little tribute to Gregory B. Dubno's life and uh, and talk about all the good times we had I mean anybody else have any more stories before we close it out or, or? I just, you know, I'll always remember, like, the, a lot of his jokes, you know, my specific ones. One of my, one of my, I always, like, it's not ha-ha hysterical, but I just, I always remembered it, and I, um, he would talk about how 
every time he goes to his grocery store, there's a sign when he walks in that says, uh, don't forget to bring your um, green reusable bags. And he would always say, they need to put that sign in my house. <laughs> every time I go to the store and I see that sign, I think of that. My um, my favorite one is actually, it's, it's a little cleaner version of the joke that you like, Jake. And that's... Uh, <laughs> Where his girlfriend uh, was telling him how much she loved asparagus, but she didn't like to eat it because it made her pee stink. And he used to say, well, you should be eating it with your mouth. (laughs) That just cracked me up. I mean, my wife and I, to this day, we just crack up whenever we, you know, even if asparagus is on the menu at a restaurant, we just look at each other and it was because of Greg, you know, that's, I mean, the joke is, you know. It's not going to win a Grammy, but it just it cracked me up. I just can't help. Yeah, no, I just I just remember, you know, um, the biggest thing with doing shows with Greg is just he was such a he was such a comfort to be around. You know, like whenever I went to a place where I didn't, you know, I didn't yeah. know anyone, or even if I knew a few people, like Greg was always the first person. It's like, oh, hey, Greg. You know, there were times just doing shows in New York. You know, going up separately. You know, we wound up on the train together. You know, and it's just, yeah. he was always just a, a comfort to be around. He was always the first person, you know, I like to go to, exchange stories with, kind of, you know, hang out with. and. Yeah, it's true, because, like, uh, when Reality Wasted ended, uh, Greg and I weren't as close as we were. You know what I mean? Like, he had a serious relationship. I, you know, married and everything, and, and we just, not that we kind of went our separate ways, but we just didn't see each other as much and talk to each other as much, but... <clears throat> I got to see him at every picnic and every, uh, you know, 4th of July party or birthday party that someone would have. You know, he would always go. And, you know, I would always go and sit down next to him and say, so you see any crappy movies lately? Or, you know what I mean? Or, you know, like, what are you hating on TV? You know what I mean? Like, and we would just talk like we never missed a beat, you know? And we would just get into it and get into it and, and talk and, and, you know, well, I love this movie. Oh, that movie was a piece of crap. What's wrong with you? And, you know what I mean? Like, it was almost like reality wasted without the microphone. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it was... I, yeah, I, and that's that's another thing I remember about Reality Wasted is the fact that we did the show before we did the show. <laughs> we always used to just... 45 minutes before yep. we could talk about everything. Yeah. How many times would we say throughout that, save this for the show, save yeah, this yeah, for the show. Yeah, exactly. To be honest, it wasn't as good the second time around when we actually recorded it. <laughs> yeah, I actually got a little ticked off at me one time when I said that. I, you know, remember those things on Facebook? Top five worst movies of all time. You, you think? Yeah. Yep. I actually listed. I didn't know he was such a huge fan of Fight Club. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I said, you know, I said to him, I had to. I didn't want to. I didn't say I want to apologize to him, but it's the it's Fight Club is one of those top five movies that I just didn't particularly like. But it's, right. I didn't say it's the worst of all time, but. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Yeah, trying to smooth things over with him about that, but um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, like like Dave said earlier, Greg was passionate, man. Oh yeah. Oh, and actually, actually, on that note, I I feel the need. Greg and I used to argue about Thirty Rock all the time. (laughs) I hated, I hated the first couple seasons of Thirty Rock. He loved them. Told me, you know, how genius the show was. We would go back and forth on it, and uh, I actually really gave it a chance once I moved out to California, and I never officially said it. So, Greg, if they have high-speed internet in heaven, and uh, and you can hear this, you were right. Thirty Rock is awesome. 
It's, he was the one who got me watching Breaking Bad, which is not the type of show I would ordinarily watch, but he used to just speak... Like, there was a lot of shows he liked and would speak highly of. Right. But just listening to him talk, like, I must be missing something here. Yep. He was just yeah. raving about he, it. He could get you excited to watch a show, or he could make, <laughs> or he could make you want to just uh, kill everyone involved in the show. Because, like, I mean, like, when he loved something, he loved it. And when he hated it, boy, did he hate it. I yeah. mean, there was no going back, you know? One of the things that I noticed though, after after we'd heard the news of, of uh, Greg's passing, Greg had always said he looked like he resembled, and we think we all agree, he resembled Kyle McLaughlin from um, <laughs> from um, that's his that's Twin his name, Peaks. Twin Peaks, yeah. Yes. yeah. And wouldn't you know it? I'm the voice last, of the youth. I don't get that reference. <laughs> wouldn't you know it? He, the character of the captain, reappears on How I Met Your Mother, played by Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle, played oh, by really? Kyle McLaughlin. Oh, that's funny. And yeah, past week. yeah. I remember Greg doing his impression of the captain. The top half of his face wants to kill you. The bottom half of his face is happy. <laughs> kill, happy, kill, happy. It's <laughs> so like, but um, I was said, I said, you know, it, it just seems so kind of uh, appropriate, uh, not appropriate, but it seems so ironic that the ca- the captain would reappear after we lose Greg, though. I don't, I don't know. It just yeah. seems it struck me as kind of weird the timing of that, but. Yeah. Well, that's something you can't help, though. So, Did but um, were you gonna say something, else, Steve, or was that Jake or somebody? Uh, yeah. I'm always gonna say stuff. So I'm always I'm always gonna say stuff. Uh, anything. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so I mean, it it was hard to say goodbye, and he left a lot of people behind that really really cared about him. But uh, you know whether you saw him do stand-up or you heard him on reality wasted or you know you happen to have be in a class he was in or just a just his friend uh he was a really cool guy and you know we're all gonna miss him a lot and every time i see a crappy movie or a crappy tv show i'm gonna (laughs) think to myself greg would freaking hate this thing you know and uh, but I'm gonna say it with a smile on my face, and I always think of I always think of him, uh, and it does put a smile on my face, you know. Especially that night he was bombed. I mean, I'm sorry. That's that was just hysterical, and uh, you know. So we all thought it would be fitting to get us all in one room and uh, crowd around a single microphone like we did up in his loft in his apartment uh, surrounded by uh, pop culture toys and comic books and well, mostly my wife's clothes here <laughs> and uh, which, three, has, which three of us are wearing she, <laughs> she has impeccable taste <laughs> oh Donnie you look fabulous but uh, yeah look at that Dolce and Gabatman handbag over there you know more importantly we just we wanted the world to know about Gregory B. Dubno, and uh, because of him, I I found a new passion in my life, podcasting, you know, and uh, you know he opened up new doors and things like that, and it was just awesome. It was a good time, and and I was just so happy to know him. So I mean, I'm sure I could speak for all of us saying that, and I think you did. I think I did. Greg, you get six out of six Chewbacca's. Absolutely. Gregory B. Dubno, six out of six Chewbacca's. And the only thing we've ever given 
that too on this show was The Dark Knight. Actually, I think Greg gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> the one about the kids going to see the Star Wars episode, I think he gave it. But he was oh, the old fanboys. Boy. Yeah, fanboys. I think, no, I may have done that too. I really like that movie too. Yeah, but I remember Greg giving it. And... So Greg is the only one to give a movie six out of six. <laughs> <laughs> so. Outside of The Dark Knight. But we will, we will miss you, buddy, and we will think of you all the time, often and fondly, and uh, in that order. To his family, we our deepest condolences. I am stuttering now, and you know we don't know what else to say. But goodbye. thank you, thank you, Definitely. thank you for being a good friend and. Uh, like I said, our heartfelt condolences to his family and the people he's left behind. And absolutely, thank you for being a friend and a um, bit of a comedy role model for me. <laughs> well, Greg, it ain't going to get any better than that right there. So, <laughs> bye, buddy. We're going to miss you. Arrivederci, America. Wow, I need a drink. I'm out of here. Tune in tomorrow. Same cat time, same cat channel. Uh, the boss will be with you. Always. I am out of here! Goodbye. Bye-bye. Is this a happy ending or a sad ending? It's an ending. That's enough. I'm going to need more. Good night.